June 10th, 2019, the Raw after the WWE Super Showdown. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Matt, Raj isn't here tonight. Raj is on vacation, which means that uh, we can say whatever we want tonight. Completely whatever uncensored. Whatever we want, and without uh, Raj slowing us down with his uncomfortable face he makes when, God forbid, <laughs> you talk about anything other than this show. Yes, well. And he, like, you rushes know. you through the joke, by the way. When you're trying to make a joke, he kind of, like, tries to always get you, like, right back on track, and he kills the joke. Sometimes. Sometimes he steps All the time, over. Raj. I'm glad you're not hitting. I'm joking. No, Raj is great. Although Raj with a couple drinks, as I learned in Vegas, like really loosens up. We've seen him on this podcast when he's uh, had a drink or two. And, you know, it's a little more relaxed, easy going, Raj. Good time, Raj. Right. Well, that doesn't take much when you're tighter than a you know what. <laughs> Come on. Touche, touche. Uh, this <laughs> conversation, perhaps more interesting than Raw tonight. Definitely. I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, man. This was so weird tonight. You know, it was in San Jose. And I know you don't get that weird itch to like go to live wrestling events that often. But for me, when they're in my area, I'm always like, oh, maybe I should go. Maybe I should do it. And then watching this tonight, it was like, thank God I didn't go an hour and a half each way. <laughs> thank God you didn't. You wasted your time, man. Yeah, it just this was really strange. And with stomping grounds coming up a week from Sunday, they're really trying to build it. But correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. There's not a lot new in these matches. This is rematches for Money in the Bank, rematches for WrestleMania. Yeah. That's all it is. That is all it is with um, Sammy dressed up as a referee tonight, and he did not look like a star whatsoever. He actually looked like a legitimate ref. My wife goes, who's the new ref? Well, it reminded me, remember when they put the ref, ref outfit on Heath Slater a couple months ago? And it looked normal, right? He looked yeah. like he fit in as a ref. That's not good. That's not good. Even if you don't have big arms, cut your sleeves, do something to yeah. separate yourself so you don't want to fit in as a ref ever if you're a superstar. Yeah. No, I think I've given up on my dream of uh, Sammy getting a title run at this point. I just don't see it happening. I only could wish. Yeah, I mean, maybe the IC belt at some point or US title, but I don't know. Uh, thank God it's not the 24-7 uh, contention that he's in at least. So we open tonight with Seth Rollins coming out to a big pop, talking about how he beat up Brock with a steel chair at the WWE Super Showdown. He defeated Baron Corbin. Um, yeah, and talking about his rematch with Corbin at Stomping Grounds. So Corbin came out, interrupted, said he didn't really lose this match, blamed it on the ref. Sami Zayn came out. Kevin Owens came out. Corbin's now big on getting the special guest referee for the rematch at Stomping Grounds. Did you watch uh, the Super Showdown or any of the highlights online or read about it? I did. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Brock getting his ass handed to him by Seth Rollins after making that long flight over there, nonetheless? I thought that was good. If that was a message, which I don't think Vince has the you-know-what to do with using Brock Lesnar that way. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people, I'm guessing, I haven't been online, but I'm guessing they're speculating that this was his comeuppance for wait, what he did to uh, Seth Rollins. Did anybody mention that? No, uh, I hadn't seen that at all. I mean, I think... Good, because there's no way it was. But um, still, it was good. It made Seth look like a bigger star and... That was great. I thought that was awesome, actually. I thought that was actually really good use of Brock for what it's worth. I do. Him getting his ass kicked is good use of him. I agree. I really like where his character is at now. He's way more interesting as the spoiler than he ever was as the champion, at least in yes. his most recent run. So um, interesting. We'll talk about what they did with Paul Heyman uh, to further along that story. Yeah. But yeah, so with Corbin, what do you think about where he is right now? I mean, he's, he's in, getting heat. We say it every week. and I was just yeah. talking the other day to somebody else about this is that He's improved. He has done what he's been asked to do as far as improving in the ring, getting better on the microphone, 
he's good. He should be able to carry off main event segments. He should be. The reason I say should be and, and not the word is is because of his stupid getup. I'm sorry. It might sound shallow of me. I don't care, quite frankly. It looks stupid, his getup. His ring attire is, is is so annoying, and it's not annoying in a good way. It's, it's, it's X-Pac heat. And mm. what's good about him, though, versus X-Pac when X-Pac was getting X-Pac heat is that, which is so disrespectful, by the way. I don't even like using that term because Pac is a Hall of Famer. And one of the guys that set the business, he was very uh, future forward, if you will, um, as a cruiserweight, if you remember. But with that said, um, he's good at getting taking that heat, like the real heat, yeah. and turning it into something. And not a lot of guys, including me, even I would argue, when I was still green, might have buckled. And I don't know if the word is buckled, but not play it up enough because everybody wants to be liked, heels and baby faces nowadays, unfortunately especially heels for some reason. So when they get booed legitimately, like, hey, we don't like you, Corbin. We don't want to watch you. We think you suck. Like, you shouldn't even be on TV. That's how bad we think you suck. He, that he's doing really good with not letting it get under his skin, but playing it up and turning it into something. So I, I think he's done everything you need to do to transition to a main event talent. He just needs to lose his shirt, and then he'd be set. Yeah. Although without him having any authority, his new getup or the, this, uh, the vest, the shirt doesn't really make sense without him having some sort of authority role. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, they kept that part of the gimmick, but none of the power. That You're he right, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's one of those things where I, I love how he played the crowd tonight with the booze, just saying like, Hey, this is going to take longer. You know, let's get through it. Yeah. He didn't seem shook. So I thought no. that, uh, you know, it's just, it's story, story, story. And I think a lot of people in that were saying this was a better episode of Raw. And I think match-wise, tonight was actually a pretty good show. But I didn't feel like there was any story tonight. I mean, there was a lot of elevator segments. but It was good. To, you're, you're right. It wasn't. A, I don't know why they thought it was a better episode of Raw. It wasn't. But I would argue I liked that um, Kevin Owens was in the main event. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I love them bringing him out. I love that Sammy is clearly a guy they still believe in as far as TV goes, but not someone they see as a champ with Kevin. I think, look, tomorrow night he's going to be in the match with Ziggler and Zayn again facing the New Day. So uh, this is a good week for Kevin Owens on WWE TV. Clearly, he's not being punished at all for uh, opting oh out of the trip to Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, they're giving him a lot of TV time, and I think uh, he's always, always good. Um what did you think of this tonight? The one-on-three handicap elimination match, Lars, Lars Sullivan versus the Lucha House Party. I'm sick of it always being Lucha House Party. They need to give him other people. Yeah, it is kind of weird, right? I mean, I know people make the jokes online given his controversies like, oh, why do they keep putting him in segments with the Lucha House Party? But let's remove that element from it. Why is he beating up these guys? It's just not – I mean, it's like when you had Ryback going against Callisto – um, it's just, I think that some real competition, if you want to make them look dominant, right? They never book the small guys as strong. Well, no, no, he's still in the stage, Glenn. Uh, yeah. we'll, I will say that he's still in the stage where he needs to be fed opponent after opponent after opponent. Still, he still needs to go through that stage. And when you're doing that, you need to be able to find fresh talent to do it. If you're not going to pick locals, then, then, you know, giddy up and, and get one of your people from your roster, one of your stars that's on the undercard. You got to start feeding them those guys. Tough. Yeah, something, and they've got an abundance of talent. I it's mean, right? Be different. There's only so many moves those guys can do with him. Yeah, 
And this was okay. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm not on the Lars train at this point. I feel like. Not um, either. I yeah. want to be because he's a big dude. I always cheer on the bigger dudes, but I'm having a hard time. But like Drew can talk. Braun, Braun was too likable. I think that was the problem for <laughs> Braun being a true monster is that he, he smiles and you, I mean, he's got those dimples. Like you lose it, right? You can't. I don't know about the guy. dimples. That was kind of weird. But I will, <laughs> say, I, I will say that the dude's got a freaking beard. How do you see the dude's dimples? No, he's yeah, got that little baby X smile. He's got X ray vision? No, I'm saying with just that big smile. I'm just saying like he's a hard guy to take seriously, seriously. as a threat. Well, no, where they killed him, Glenn uh, yeah. Braun, was during that mixed uh, match channel. Challenge. That's where we saw that. Yeah. And with Lars, Lars is menacing and creepy still. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think Lars has that natural likability that Braun has. Yeah. So I don't think he's in danger of ever turning face. Um mm. this was okay tonight. So he took him out one by one. He won after uh their devolving DQ that happened in Jeddah. Um, we got Carmelo backstage with our truth hiding and running around and they got stuck in an elevator with Drake Maverick, EC3, Heath Slater and Cedric Alexander, no referee. Mm. And we kept cutting back to this throughout the night. This is like the most TV time and lines EC3 has gotten. Yeah. Since he's been called up, right? Yeah. Yeah. But these are kind of scenes that you can steal too. I was hoping he would. Yeah. Drake was funny. I yeah, like with Drake truth calling him so Hornswoggle. He's so talented, though, Drake. Yeah. It's good. Um, I thought the segments were well done. I mean, it was kind of nothing. It's weird that the audio in the elevator, was that for you too for a while? I was like, is it my connection on DirecTV? Is something <laughs> up? But like, this is a billion dollar company. Why does the audio sound like shit on a pre produced segment? I don't have an answer. There's no excuse, honestly. So I don't have a good answer. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk about here, mm -hmm. because on Twitter it was a little controversial. They're talking about Lacey Evans getting ready and talking about Becky Lynch backstage with Seth Rollins. Now, this was, I think, the second week in a row that Michael Cole or someone on commentary has acknowledged that Seth is Becky's boyfriend. Do you think this takes away from Becky's legitimacy and her own accomplishments to put her in that context of her relationship when she hears the woman that defeated Ronda Rousey, one of the first women to main event WrestleMania, arguably the biggest star in the company right now and to put her with that title does that seem a little not demeaning but uh what title what title uh the title to refer to her as uh as seth's girlfriend as seth Rollins girlfriend and seth is her boyfriend no, honestly no the only reason why because it works for both of these two because they're to me they're the king and queen hmm. of wwe do you know what i'm saying that might sound corny but like i really think that they're both main event talents on their own and, and, and people are genuinely probably, I'm guessing all the fans are pretty pumped and excited that their two favorites date each other, I'm guessing, some of the younger fans. Um, you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't see any harm in it. I mean, I think it'll hurt. It can harm Seth. I, I, I think it definitely do because he's supposed to be appealing to everybody. He has a very big female base um, as well, a demographic that likes him, that are fans of him. And, you know. It's like Jim Cornette used to tell me when I this is terrible, but I was engaged, and I remember him, you know, saying like you always want to appear single, hmm. um, because you have, you have female fans too. You need to think about, and you have a lot of them that just come to these matches because they're they, they think you're attractive or whatever have you. They might not be into the wrestling, but they're into watching you do your thing because they're attracted to you. And you know, it's kind of like an '80s way to look at it if you think about no, it. Oh, hey, 
but there, I think there's some truth to that, don't you? Well, I like the kayfabe part of it. It's like, do you remember as a kid yeah. that when it sunk in that Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers weren't actually together as a couple or no. married? You never thought that listening to Islands in the Stream, seeing them live doing there. stuff? Yeah, I was a Northeasterner, like Billy Joel, Barry Manilow, people like that, like the old school ones. Dolly Parton, but, obviously Dolly Parton was, but I didn't know that about her and him. Yeah, I mean, they're not, not together, not married. Dolly Parton's been married to someone else, a husband that is very private. You never see him. They've been married for like 50 years. Uh, but no, I'm saying that, you know, I think that's a very sort of childish thing that people like to see couples. And I like your king and queen analogy, although to that point, I think that actually hurts Seth a little bit because of the way yeah. Vince would book that. I mean, God forbid. Yes, you know. exactly. That's what I'm getting at. That's yeah. Oh. <laughs> Matt, uh, so hot with his opinion there. Somehow he broke his mic. While Matt Morgan is fixing that, let me take a moment and thank the sponsor of this episode, uh, SeatGeek. Speaking of Dolly Parton, I've seen Dolly Parton live in concert. And how did I make that happen? How did I get tickets to that show? SeatGeek was the hookup. Oh, my God. All out tickets go on sale soon. There's still tickets available for WWE Stomping Grounds. There's so many live events, so many tours, so many great things happening right now to go and check out live. And if you want the hookup, SeatGeek is where it is at, folks. Um, Look, ticket websites, they make getting to the event difficult, almost on purpose. It's like they're so big they can get away without caring about the customer experience. So if the site's annoying and they don't have the events you want, they don't have the seats you want, that's the status quo, not good enough. SeatGeek, a ticketing app put together by people that actually care about you, the customer. SeatGeek has millions of live events, a price match guarantee. They have proven there is no better way to get tickets for sports, live music, comedy, wrestling, the theater, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. SeatGeek stands out from the crowd. They've got over 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? And the way they work is SeatGeek pulls in tickets from hundreds of ticketing websites, all the ticketing websites. They pull in all those tickets, all those deals, and they rate each deal on a scale of one to 10 to tell you if the seat is a good value for your money or not, to let you know if it's worth spending, if it's good seats for a fair price. Green dots mean good deals, red dots are overpriced. And best of all, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Now, I have used the SeatGeek app. I have used it for double or nothing in Vegas. I will probably be using it when I'm in Chicago for all out. SeatGeek has been fantastic for me if I want to get tickets, if the wife and I want to go see something last minute and see, hey, are seats still available? It's great if we want to plan ahead. We can look at that, scour it out, find a good deal ahead of time. SeatGeek, really, whether you're making plans far in advance or spur of the moment, the SeatGeek app is a must-have on your phone for live entertainment and planning a night out to go and enjoy an event. We've got a special deal for our listeners. SeatGeek is going to give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Just download the SeatGeek app. Use the promo code INC for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code INC for $10 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, check them out. You're going to love it. We get great, great tweets and thanks from the Wrestling Inc. fans. Thank you all for using and supporting our sponsors, especially SeatGeek. Let us know what shows you're going to see. Let us know what you're going to check out. And again, use that promo code INC to save $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Matt Morgan, any luck? I am not hearing Matt. Matt, maybe try rebooting. Uh, literally turning it off and back on again. Matt's going to do that. And uh, while he's doing that, I will run through some more stuff that happened on Monday Night Raw. So, as I said, backstage, we got that set up between Becky and Lacey acknowledging their match at Stomping Grounds. 
And uh, we got a little face-off interview face-off between them with Lacey Evans sipping her tea, Becky Lynch taunting her during the time, them trading barbs between one another in advance of this match and trying to keep the heat going between the two. We got that build up throughout the night. Uh, and Matt, do you want to try calling me? Actually, I'll just put you on speakerphone if you can't figure it out. Just call me if you can't figure it out, Matt. I'll turn the uh, Lyris is helping him reboot there. And uh, one thing people have talked about tonight on Twitter, on social media, is that with stomping grounds, Vince McMahon or someone in WWE creative just discovered the phrase kick ass and take names. Because how many times do we hear that tonight from Michael Cole, from uh, Corey Graves, even Roman Reigns in a promo there tonight talking about stomping grounds, going to kick ass and take names. What was that? 80s, 90s? The reference is still around. It's still relevant. But yes, tonight they ran that into the grounds in advance of stomping grounds. Uh, Raw was from San Jose tonight, and I'm just a little bit north of there, which is why I see I'm not sweating because Matt Morgan isn't on the air. I'm sweating because it is over 100 degrees here in Northern California, and none of us have air conditioning, so we don't know what to do when it gets this hot. Matt, you're back. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, buddy. All right, let's go. Yes, uh, kick ass and take names. Did you enjoy hearing that phrase a dozen times tonight? That's such an old saying. Yeah, but for stomping grounds, it was weird how Roman in his promo, at stomping grounds, I'm going to kick ass and take names. Michael Cole, kick ass and take names. No, not impressed. Yeah, no. Did did you ever hear Vince say that when you were there? Is that a Vinceism? No, that's like a every person ism. I mean, I've, I've heard that on different anything I've competed in, for that matter, whether it was basketball, baseball, football, you name it. I've always coaches. Everybody says that. It's such a cliche. Yeah, I mean, but like an outdated one, one at this point. Oh, super outdated and very weak. Yes. Yes. Uh, speaking of antiquated ideas and concepts, what did you think of Lacey Evans tonight going toe to toe on the mic with uh, Becky Lynch? Oh, man, she's getting good. Boy, did she prove me wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah, I like what she's doing. I thought she was good in the ring. I mean, the shtick, I think, is wearing a little thin for me. It is. It is. You but, know, you know, it, it's, but think about what she's being asked to do. She's being asked to be again. I'm going to go back to it again, like you said. I think stuck in a, 19, a, a time bunker underground from from 1955, and she's out here in the year 2020, 2019. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's so weird. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but she's she's somehow pulling it off though to a degree, especially when the bell rings. She can get better, and she's going to get better. But her poise is just, I'm telling you, you can't teach that. And she, she, you can't. It takes time to learn some of the things she's learned already. The other stuff, that's going to come. Yeah. No, she looks super confident tonight. Now, compare that. What did you think of Nikki Cross with Alexa Bliss backstage? Nikki almost looking sort of confused by, hey, Alexa, are we good guys, bad guys? What's going on here? I, I, I want to pass on this so much. I don't want to have to watch it. I, if I yeah. could fast forward this segment, I would have. Yeah, and that's I, I don't like anything with I don't I'm sorry. I just not I don't have any draw to Nikki Cross. I don't see why they're putting stock into her. Um, I mean she was forgotten about after her call up initially, right? She got called up last fall and then we didn't see her for months. So why am I caring about her now? Yeah. I mean, I think she's got potential, but you're right. Uh, I know you talked about in recent weeks that when she was doing Sanity, when she was like biting the ring ropes and stuff like yeah. that, like that was at least memorable. At least it was different. Now she, she's just bland. I would rather watch Alicia Fox. I love Alicia Fox. I know. That's why I said it. 
<laughs> What's wrong with Alicia Fox, dude? Um, magic every time she's on screen. Uh, okay. She would, do, she would do more with that, by the way. She would do way more with that. I think Alicia Fox, I mean, we've talked about this before. I think she is legitimately one of those people in WWE that could have a career as an actress. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. You know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, she's good. And her suplex, like, is amazing. But uh, yeah, aside yeah. from that, I think that, yeah, like, she's got legitimate chops. Um, So we got Ms. TV tonight. We got Samoa Joe coming out and uh, kind of making it a little personal with uh, The Miz and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe taking some of his family digs at The Miz, them getting each other's faces. Um, this we had... Oh, what's that? Finish, finish, I'm sorry. Oh, so, and, you know, this went, of course, into a six-man tag. Your favorite, favorite production trick where the music interrupted. Uh, Bobby Lashley comes out. Braun Strowman comes out. Ricochet comes out. Cesaro comes out. Hey, let's have a six-man tag match. Right. Real quick, before we begin. Yeah. Samoa, Samoa Joe doing all the personal attacks on whoever his opponent is. That's definitely Vince. Mm. that's definitely Vince finding something about Samoa Joe that he thinks he brought to the formula. I'll guarantee it. And he thinks it works and it does work. I think, I think Joe's a, a jerk. He's, he's being as big of a jerk as he possibly could. And he's very believable. Yeah. Everything Joe does to me is, is always been believable his work. And when you get angry, Joe, I used to argue in TNA angry Joe, you know, a lot of the writers would, would make, you know, on the internet would be like, oh, we got Screaming Joe again. It's like, but he's also very intense and believable when he was Screaming Joe, in my opinion. Well, to um, your point about the family stuff, I remember uh, yeah. one of the interviews that Enzo Amore gave post-WWE says the yeah. only line that Vince ever insisted upon him saying was, remember when uh, Maurice announced her pregnancy and The Miz did that segment with Enzo and Enzo did the heel turn saying, and the question I should be asking isn't how you doing, but who's your daddy? Uh, so I think that you're right. Vince does very much like that sort of get involved in the, the I mean, he, he wants to do that angle about uh, Stephanie and him having a kid famously it's very, it, it's very personal i mean it's very easy for everyone to understand it's an easy thing to get heat on yeah yeah and joe's done it well i mean the stuff with aj and wendy like that was fantastic yes, yes it was that man i could go for some of that right now compared to what yes. we've seen recently on tv so let's talk about the six-man tag uh there's people no. speculating that cesaro might have gotten injured from this ricochet uh perhaps had a tough landing uh, on one of his moves, but I, my thought watching Braun Strowman, Ricochet and the Miz versus Bobby Lashley, Cesaro and Samoa Joe is it's like, man, if this is the mid card, like these guys are all super talented. They're just completely lacking a storyline right now. Yeah, no, you, I think you're right on. I mean, this match was good. I thought it was, this was, it was solid. It was, but again, Cesaro for me is just, I don't know. I can't believe I'm saying that. Cause I was one of his biggest fans. Like, when he was starting to work with Cena and he was having these great matches, bell to bell. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what happened. I think it was right after the Jack Swagger tag team combo of them mm. that for me, he started to die a slow death. Yeah. So Sorrow's had some interesting teamings that didn't last. I don't think any of them ever, I thought with the bar, it made sense. He, shouldn't, he didn't even need though. That's just the whole thing. He did not need to be put into a tag team to begin with. He did not need to do that thing with Jack Swagger or anything. Yeah. Nothing against Swagger, just anybody. He was fine as a single star. They did not do a good job of getting a young talent to that damn finish line. That you yeah. wins on major talents to get them there. I think he's charismatic. Also, I think it's the accent curse, though, that Kevin Dunn or somebody doesn't uh, like his accent. 
uh, yeah. Sheamus was world champion. That's true. Anything is possible. Um, I thought Braun looked great during this match. I thought Bobby. So Bobby was talking for himself. Bobby on the mic. Uh, Leo Rush, MIA now for a while. It's gonna help Bobby. Um, Bobby yeah. never needed it. Not that he's Jerry Lawler or anything, but but he doesn't need to be. He needs just to be direct. And he's, we've seen his work at TNA. I mean, good lord, he can go on the mic when he's given a chance. You know. Yeah, no, I think it's just what creative is giving him and how comfortable he is in that creative environment. They, they've got him in a very stereotypical role, like so in the in this tiny little box that they keep putting him in, that he can play so much bigger than this little box they keep putting him in. Yeah, stoic monster, jacked up dude and flexing. That ain't Bobby. Bobby yeah, Bobby's a as a thoroughbred athlete. He talks, he brags about his his athleticism, his athletic prowess, what a badass he is, how he can tie you up in a pretzel, how he he would kill Brock Lesnar, you know, things like that. Not flexing and doing the bodybuilding thing. He's anti-bodybuilder. He's just super genetically gifted and looks like one, but he does not, like, work out like a bodybuilder. Huh, interesting. Yeah. So the outcome of that match, Ricochet, The Miz, and Braun Strowman won. Uh, where do you think they go from here on the U.S. title? Clearly, I, I got no idea. You? I want Ricochet. I think Ricochet could use it. I mean, with Braun, Braun yeah. is, well, I mean, he won the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah. He's won the Andre. Uh, he's been a tag team champion. No, don't waste the <laughs> breath. No, he does. He's way past this. I Lashley agree. Is way past this. Um, I would argue Joe should be way past this. Um, but. Joe needs to be working for the title again. You want fresh talents? What the hell? Get him up there. Yeah. In the main event picture. Him or Seth Rollins would be cool. No, I agree. Oh. I'd be a fan of that. So uh, we got Becky Lynch and Bailey versus Lacey Evans and Alexa Bliss. And again, Bailey in her hometown lost. Mm -hmm. Lacey Evans covering her for the pin and the win. Mm -hmm. What'd you think of this match? I. It was a great match. That was a really good match, I thought. I just did not like, you know, Bailey losing. What the hell? She's the champ. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, that's how it goes. Um, no, I thought this was good. And I like that we got more women's matches tonight with the Iconics also. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, no, I think uh, I'm, I'm just worried that with Bailey, this is going to be short-lived and they're going to put the belt on Alexa again. I think you're right. I hope we're not. I hope we're wrong, though. I mean, there's just nothing there, right? I mean, with Bailey, Bailey's not even Bailey anymore. I mean, I, I was watching um, Double yeah. or Nothing again over the weekend, and it's like, the think, girl. Kylie, yeah, Kylie Ray's doing a better version of Bailey at this point. Okay, no way. All right. <laughs> I, I found Kylie Ray annoying. For but what you're it, supposed to, though. But I think I would know. I was more annoyed because I didn't know she was doing that in the Indies. If somebody yeah. told me before Bailey, because I, I didn't know that. I just thought she just outright ripped off Bailey completely but bailey doesn't even have that anymore bailey isn't even happy i mean she's not she was though and that's who she was and she was there she did that for quite a while and she was super over with it yeah but i don't think it's enough to just have sort of middle of the road bailey who's pleasant uh no not. i agree with you oh i definitely agree it's like pick a lane either she should be angry and deranged and demented or she should be super perky and happy to be there and here's or the thing i will point out about bailey bailey's very young Mm. Right. Well, uh, is she? I thought she was older. Had a couple of years on Sasha. Is she not under thirty? 
she might be let's see she's 29 years of age she's about to turn 30. okay here's what i was going to say and i say this frequently with men including myself it took me so long to figure out in the light for the light bulb from my in my head to go off as far as who i was so i could dial that up right hmm. but i needed to figure out who i was as matt morgan the man first matt morgan who owns his own home um has to pay bills um travel on the road you mature into a man right and figure out who that guy is first and it takes us a while and then once you figure that out and only then can you figure out who you are as a character on tv dialed up so with bailey i still feel she's feeling herself out she's still figuring out who she is as a young woman and i thought we had it i'm sure that is who she is is this this bright bubbly personality that genuinely loves wrestling and you could feel that exuberance that she brings to the sport of wrestling because she loves it so much. Just yeah. coming down the aisle, you get that off of her. And you want to hug her in the whole nine. And she wants to hug you back. It's a pretty basic thing to get. And it seems natural. But now because she is so young, in my opinion, or, or you know, it's going they're telling her basically, don't be yourself. Yeah. Do the gray area crap. And she's like, Well, I, I know I'm not like this. So how do I do this? And so it comes across as acting at times and that's where wrestlers fail well to your point she has not turned up to 11 anymore right I, that's I mean, it problem. feels like they're having her playing somebody that she's not yeah she feels like maybe a five a seven on a good day um but no i'm look i'm glad that she's champion i think uh, especially with oh, sasha yeah. gone it's good they're giving her something but again there's no story here like what is even going on between her and alexa you know aside from the fact alexa took the championship off of her before uh during her last title run but there's no i don't know and this stuff with alexa no and Nikki, the no yeah. the bones. and alexa with the coffee and that i mean overall my number one complaint with monday night raw is lack of storytelling mm-hmm. the wrestling is good but that's not good enough anymore i think we need characters and stories that we get invested in or else we should just be watching real sports yeah um so Sammy kissed up to Shane McMahon backstage, got himself uh, the outside ref role for the main event. And then we had Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman coming to the ring, no Brock Lesnar. What did you think of uh, Heyman's promo tonight? Basically kind of teasing maybe Brock's not going to be around or you're not. they're not going to announce when Brock's going to be there. I mean, it's different, right? Definitely different. Anything he would do with anything he Paul Hammond would do at this point that is not coming out with Brock and out there screaming and yelling, and now they're defending, you know, that whole crap, um, is going to be different, yeah. So, this is a welcome different, it's about time. You think Brock is going to be the special guest referee at Stomping Grounds for Corbin versus Rollins? Definitely, yeah, I think that's good, good use of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iconic space. Yeah, the Iconics uh, faced uh, local enhancement talent, Lisa Lace and Aaliyah Mia. Uh, good. I was good with this, actually. I know there's two women's tags. You know, some of them, I don't know why someone would poo-poo up on that when guys do it all the damn time. Yeah. Mans and tags and things like that. But this was great use of them because they needed this. They need this because they need to do more with this. Yeah, they've been getting their ass handed to them in singles competition. Yeah. So yeah. this is important. Um... We got the Shane McMahon best in the world celebration with Drew McIntyre. (laughs) I mean, is this like, yeah, not working. No, it's not. Drew got played out with bagpipes. I mean, not actually played out with bagpipes, but they had people with bagpipes there pretending to play over his music. That was good. They've done that before. 
they look nice. cool. Yeah, um, and I like Drew in kind of this outfit tonight, looking street clothes as opposed to his wrestling gear. He's a good-looking dude. He screams superstar, man. He screams main event star in every yeah. sense of the word. Yeah, I think uh, this was a good look for him. He can clearly talk, but this whole thing tonight, you know, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon's getting that push. <laughs> you know you know what i saw and i can't unsee now i had this thought the other day is i was like who does shane mcmahon remind me of with the dance moves and his looks and it finally occurred to me uh carmine ragusa the big ragu from laverne and shirley and now i can't unsee it when i see shane mcmahon good call none of you fans know what that is you need to look it up though that's yeah, a tremendous. I forgot. I haven't thought about that character. Oh my god, at least twenty years. Yeah, but with the dance moves and the looks, he looks more like that actor Eddie Mecca, more like his kid than Vince McMahon's. Carmen Records. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we okay. Triple threat for the Raw Tag Team Titles tonight: The Revival versus the Usos versus Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. And the big headline is that the Revivals are now two-time Raw Tag Team Champs. What did you think of this match? Good match, didn't you think it was good? Was yeah, good I liked it. Pissed off that they didn't give my boy Zach an honest to god legitimate chance here as a tag team champion. You know what I mean? They oh, yeah, chance to do anything with those titles, and that's frustrating. No, I mean they were hardly on TV as champions. Um, it's actually one of the more and WWE does a lot of confusing, like uh, head scratching shit. Like this is one of the bigger ones putting the titles on Ryder and Hawkins at WrestleMania and then just having them completely off TV for a long time. Yeah, then that just tells me that was for a feel good moment at WrestleMania and nothing more. Yeah. But with the revival, Hey, this is pretty good, right? I know people thought they were getting buried with that Usi hot crap and uh, the Usos taking those digs at them, but they got to put on this match tonight. That was really good. They got the belts again. And I think not how do you know they're not the transitional champions just to drop them to the Usos? But why do you need transitional champions to do that? I mean, the Usos do not need them. Is yeah. I'm saying. How do you know WWE is not looking at it that way? Because look, they've shown us in every way, shape, or form they do not do the they do they do not excuse me do right by um, the revival. They just don't. And anytime we think they will or they do. Bleep hits the fan and something they're doing. I see Uso hot segments. Yeah. I'm telling we'll see. you, they put the belts on them to drop to Uso somehow or make it more intriguing for that tag match. They didn't need the titles to begin with. No offense. Those two guys, those two teams are so damn good. They don't need title. I think this should be the feud between now and SummerSlam. The revival versus the Usos. No comedy shit. Just go out no and put on barn burning shit. matches. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Firefly Funhouse tonight. This was kind of different. Uh, Bray Wyatt taking a big mallet to Ramblin' Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds funny. Yeah. I mean, what do you say? How do you critique this? This is just more and more entertainment. I'm entertained by it, you know? Why do they keep showing the audience during these segments? I do not know, but I, I would like to point out, I think we were one of the first ones to call that out. I remember, you remember? We're like, yeah. what in the hell? Is, why would they show fans? Fans are confused. Are you trying to, we already know we're confused. We don't need to be reminded. See, when they show the fans, just so you know, it's an old parlor trick to make fans at home react a certain way. So they go to the, they pan into the fans, whether they're cheering, booing, or sitting on their hands, apparently in this case. Um, 
to make you at home drive that point home of emotion emotional investment that you should be doing this too you should be cheering like this you should be making this face when undertaker loses you should be doing all these crazy different things that they pan in the audience to sell to you at home to do in return and it's like no this is the one segment you don't need to do that we're all confused okay stop wasting air time on showing puzzled fans because it makes them look uninterested yeah i don't know why i don't know why they uh take this route with this of always 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 showing the audience during these segments it makes it far it just ruins the rhythm of this really weird thing and stop having michael cole comment on it or graves comment and just don't say anything don't say anything yep yeah more power in nothing than something with this segment verbally yeah this was good though i mean this was still good tonight rambling rabbit threatening to expose some truths about the firefly <laughs> funhouse <laughs> I'm I'm so invested in this, and I'm so worried I'm going to be disappointed when Bray starts actually wrestling in the ring again. Dude, Ramblin' Rabbit was a stooge. He had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I don't think anything's going to top last week uh, with Huskis the pig and uh, pull up your pants and do the muscle man dance. <laughs> and I didn't notice this till I watched it like the fifth time. But did you know those fake Zubas that he was wearing had W's all over them that Bray was wearing. No. Yeah, I just things I I've, like. I've been going back through these things, and just I love that. I love that there's rewatchability. How when's the last time you rewatched anything on Raw or SmackDown? That's true. That's true. You know. Um. So yeah, I I am hoping, praying for a fantastic payoff to all of this. Um. The main event tonight we got Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, and uh, Sami Zayn is the outside referee. John Cohn inside the ring refereeing uh sammy i thought really stole the show here with this i mean the match was okay but this was like a sammy showcase right to do his uh comedy yes i just thought he did not look like a superstar physically i thought he looked like a a, a legitimate referee yeah yeah and that's the problem with it right it's like once kane became corporate kane uh he's not demon kane or someone he takes seriously anymore yeah, and, and what's crazy is he did great with what he had to do tonight. Don't get me wrong, but again, to a mainstream fan clicking through the channels, you're not looking at that dude in the referee outfit going, yeah, he's a star. I'll pay to see him. You know what, though? Better him doing the comedy than having Kevin Owens hiding in porta potties again. All day. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm, listen, I love Sammy. I just don't, I, I, I'm very particular about protecting talents to always show themselves looking like stars. And I'm telling you, the get-up, the, the attire is so important. It's yeah. such an important part of the whole overall package of that yeah. character, man. Imagine Stone Cold. What would he have to wear that would be like kind of sort of the same? Like freaking Ronald McDonald outfit or Grimace <laughs> outfit or something insane like that, I guess. Just something so asinine that, that it takes away from them looking like a star. Um, and I thought it took a lot away from him looking like a star. That is my, that's my two cents. But yes, it furthered the story along, which is the point of it. So maybe I'm wrong. So Sammy got really involved in this match, um, ultimately causing a DQ. And then pretty much for the last segment, we just got Rollins kicking the crap out of Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> as we went off the air. So uh, we'll see what happens in the buildup to stomping grounds on this. Uh, what do you think they should do with KO? Because it looks like we're getting Ziggler and Kofi in a steel cage at stomping grounds. We're getting Corbin 
and Rollins for the WWE Universal Championship at Stomping Grounds. What do you do with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at this point? I don't know. I honestly, I don't. Run in, potentially yeah. a run in. Um, I don't know. If you're going to waste a rematch with some of these, I wouldn't want to get any on Owens. I'd yeah. like to save him for another pay-per-view. He doesn't have to be on the pay-per-view. There's nothing wrong with sitting out a pay-per-view if you don't have a match, especially if you're being moved forward to be the next in line versus, let's say, uh, Seth. I don't know. Yeah, and Corbin did also uh, do a run-in after this match came down there. But, yes, yeah, Sammy took the, the majority of Rollins' beatdown with chair shots, stomp, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they're trying. Like I said, this is better than it has been, but I still feel that the story element is just really lacking in stomping grounds is shaping up probably to be the least essential WWE pay-per-view in recent memory. And of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just is. I, I wasn't intrigued with tonight's show. I'm just being honest. There was some stuff I liked. I mean, I liked the wrestling. I liked Bray. I thought Lacey and Becky were good. I thought the tag booking was good. Sammy in the comedy role is good, but you're right. Long-term that doesn't do him any favors with how much he blended tonight. Um, so right. I'm optimistic about SmackDown tomorrow. We'll see what happens there. Um, let's talk about, God, I hate because people will say, Oh, you know, this is just fanboying, but, uh, AEW made some news tonight Whoa. while raw was on the air. Did you hear it yet, Matt? No. Okay. So, uh, Kenny Omega is at E3, the big video game conference going on in Southern California. He was on a live Twitch stream and Kenny Omega announced that fighter fest, which is coming up at the end of this month is going to be streamed for free on BR live. Oh, I'll take that. That's great. Yeah. Right. And we, we predicted that in this pay-per-view because double or nothing did over a hundred thousand buys across all platforms that this would be a smart, smart move for AEW to give something to the fans and keep up interest. Huh? I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd have the wherewithal to do that same move versus just, it might sound greedy, but like they're a new company just starting out. Like I, I have no problem paying 49, whatever the hell it was. I, I know it's not that I'm rich. I'm not, but you know what I mean? It was a new, it was very exciting. There's a lot of buzz in the air. You were the only person not watching it. If you didn't order it, um, I honestly, I had no problem paying for it, but what, what that's really good on them though. You know, yeah. It makes it even more greater that they're willing to do that. Like you said, because if you're saying that, I'm assuming you have a pretty good pulse on the fans. So I'm assuming all a lot of fans complain about the price, I'm guessing. And just the fact they give the tip of the hat to the fans and, and truly being what they say they are. This is a company um, by us for us. And that includes the fans too. Yeah. Hey, I think uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's really remarkable though. When you think about this is going to have John Moxley's in ring AEW debut against Joey Janelle, and they're giving that away. Are going to critique to death, and how in the hell do you give away the biggest star you guys have on your roster, the hottest thing in wrestling right now? How do you just give that away for free? One can make the argument, and I'm a huge Joey Janelle fan. I came completely out on Twitter about it. Remember, I did along with Orange Cassidy. Huge Janelle <laughs> fan. I think he's hilarious. But with that said, is that really the first match that's, you know, that, that don't, don't you think we should have had Omega versus, um, being Ambrose, uh, Moxley first. Oh, I think you save that. People will pay for that. I think you do that at all out in Chicago. I mean, I just, I don't know. 
I don't know how you give that match away. Anything with Matt Moxley in it, but I don't know. Good, even more better on them then. You know what I mean? Versus, yeah. You know, they seem to make all the right moves with what they've been doing as far as business decisions go. I don't have my own wrestling company, so obviously they're doing something right, you know? So there's going to be a fatal four way Hangman Page versus Jungle Boy versus Jimmy Havoc versus MJF. Why is Jimmy Havoc in, in anything? No offense to him, but like, I don't, I'm not, I don't get the draw to him. He is sort of a polarizing figure, I've found. I really like his look. I mean, he looks like he should be. He looks well, like he's got two strings on the end of his shoulders. But he looks like like a skinny goth kid who does these crazy he death matches. Killed in a real fight. Killed in a real fight. I see your point. I think his look, though, with the mask, I like it. I think it's cool. But granted, I'm a fan of bands like Depeche Mode, New Order, Joy Division. I mean, it's sort of a throwback, I think, his goth <laughs> new wave. I'm serious. I'm telling you, but there's an you audience out there. To say those bands, but keep continuing. Sorry. No, but I'm telling you, there are fans out there for that. I'm telling you that when you're watching it, and if you're someone that likes that style of music, yeah. I mean, think about it. No, you yes, know, I get the diversity. I get it, but yeah. is this for number one contenders? Uh, I don't think it's no. It's not for number one contendership. I don't think there's okay. any stakes okay. with it. I think it's a way to further four guys that are okay, clearly going to yes. be on top of the company. Or why is an MJF in it? Well, no, MJF is in it. So it's MJF, oh, okay. Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy, and Adam Page. I'd much rather see MJF versus Adam Page. Oh, you save that though, dude. I mean, because that's going to well, be. Well, you could say that about this whole pay per view. They're giving away for free. That's true. But it's a showcase. So if it's a showcase, this to me is showcasing four guys that are going to be players in AEW. And it's yeah. all about All Out. And it's all about weekly TV. And if they're smart, weekly TV starts the Tuesday after All Out. At the I'm end so, of August. God, I hope so. I'm so looking forward to this. Yeah. I mean, but no, I think, uh, I mean, Jungle Boy, people really love him. He's got a great personal story, you know, being Luke Perry's son, but it was wrestling his character. People really uh, have a fondness for him. MJF, incredible heel right now. The stuff he's been doing on social oh, media. Is on fire. Yeah. And Paige, I think Paige will not be the first champ, but I think Paige will be the guy to take the belt off Jericho when uh, in a rematch. I, I think. I'd say I, I just I think Paige will be the first champ. I um, think so. Even though I know why you're saying the opposite, because it's the first champion, it's important that it should be a big, the biggest star possible. But I don't know. I, I think it, it shoots him where he needs to be as far as shooting him right up. Um, Paige is ready. He is ready. Um, God, he's good. It's tough to carry TV, though, going in. And I'm telling you, the reason why I think of this. So have you been talking with many people about AEW just in conversations? Yeah. I mean, so when I talk with folks about this who are lapsed fans, mm -hmm. they perk up when I mention Jericho. When I say, well, you know, Chris Jericho, and he's in the title picture with this. Okay. My, how about this? We were on a tour. This is a shoot story of Highlands Elementary here, a school that my son is not going to be going to. Um, so that's why I can say it. And... We took a tour of it because we were really impressed with it, though. And um, the principal, of all people, when I went to go use the bathroom, got in a conversation with my wife asking her about what I thought about AEW. Hmm. And I, and my wife was like, you watched that? And, 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 you know, like kind of shocked that he, this principal, this older principal, would be into such, you know, young, cutting-edge wrestling, right? Yeah. I knew, but the people he knew was obviously Mockley. He knew Young Bucks. Um and he knew like the young, some of the younger talents. I was really shocked by this because this was not someone, not to judge a book by a cover, but guys, I am telling you, I was judging the book by the cover. He did not look like one of our wrestling, one of us, us, us wrestling fans. And I was so, I was so encouraged by that though. 
that this older guy was watched all you know watched AEW mm. and knew who's who and it, it, you know so yeah no it counts i mean i think for tnt they're just going to have to put up numbers i think they're not going to be i mean look i would love it it would be the best thing for the wrestling business if they beat wwe in their first week out that's not happening no there's not. no way it's not and let's be clear it's not tnt either yeah it's tnt drama right yeah well no it's tnt i mean it is tnt okay because the logos i saw in the background and some of the still shots said tnt drama was that just like their i think that's just isn't that still their slogan tnt knows drama which okay. is like the okay. weirdest slogan for a tv channel so it's um, legitimate or normal tnt it's legitimate TNT. normal tnt so i think uh a million is probably anything above a million would be considered a runaway success yeah so, hello hell yeah yeah so we'll see i mean six-figure pay-per-view buys that's the biggest pay-per-view buy uh since non-wwe pay-per-view buy since wcw tna never did anything like that i'm guessing right i think half that that's the biggest one tna's ever done was half of that i think so somebody i'm sure Meltzer has all the numbers if you look at his coverage of it i think one baby correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure someone in the chat knows i think it was around sixty thousand was the biggest that tna ever did wow that's even more impressive now to me it's crazy i mean it's absolutely insane that it's uh doing this well and looking forward to it i think it'll be good um let's see what else you know i listened today let me give a plug for this i know raja's plugged it you know i was just missing the sound of his voice matt now that he's been gone for a week uh i was listening to uh, his interview with ryback on ryback's podcast very interesting talking about the john oliver piece and wwe pay structure talking about live event pay structure even comparing pay-per-view payouts to network payouts it's a really good interview highly recommend that okay yeah uh well let's take this home here matt we uh breezed through this pretty easily anything you want to plug before we sign off here i uh, just did an interview that just was popped up uh with chris uh van vliet um, nice pretty pretty uh fan of his work um Hoping someone like an AEW wraps him up while they can because he is as talented as they come. Um, but it was fun. Very, very fun, easy interview. You learned some new things about me that you probably didn't know. Those of you that watch this, I'm guessing you guys already know everything because I tell everything to you guys on this <laughs> as it is. But uh, tell your friends, uh, look it up uh, on Chris Van Vliet's like, social media channels. I'm, I should know what they are, but I don't because I'm terrible. Um, or just Google search it on YouTube and go from there. We've been working together almost three years now, and every time I listen to an interview that you do with somebody else, I learn something new about you. No way. I throw I, everything out here. It somehow comes out. The Why It Ended interview and talking about the uh, wrestling in an empty warehouse and not being sure what that guy did with those videos. That's Robbie. I, I need to credit Robbie. For that. I would have forgotten all about that if Robbie, he didn't remember that one. <laughs> no, that was great. Uh, and Chris Van Vliet, uh, did, you, what, did you watch his uh, interview with MJF that they did? Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. It was good. But now I'll have to check out your conversation with him. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Greatly appreciate a follow there. And until next time, folks, we will see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Miss you, Raj. No.